Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, Our Spiritual Weapons. In any war or battle, it is very important to use our weapons and that we use them rightly, correctly. Failure to employ one's weapons amid a battle ensures defeat. The Bible tells Christians that they are locked into combat with a spiritual host of wickedness. Not only so, but the devil has two allies who are in close proximity to a believer. The world system, that is to say its philosophy, its way of acting without reference to God, and the flesh principle, or the old man, the sinful nature of fallen humanity. So vividly does the Bible present this truth of spiritual warfare. Listen to 1 Peter 5, 8. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. Ephesians 6.12, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The Christian is a member of God's colony of heaven amid this dark world. Satan and his hosts are relentless in their attack upon us. We engage in real spiritual battles. But you can't fight a spiritual battle with material weapons. Spiritual foes can only suffer defeat from our use of spiritual weapons. So the real battle is in the minds and the souls, spirits of people. 2 Corinthians 5.3 For though we live in the body, we do not wage war in an unspiritual way, since the weapons of our warfare are not worldly but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every high-minded thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to obey Christ. Holman Christian Standard Bible. Paul describes our spiritual weapons in the Corinthian correspondence in this way, in 2 Corinthians 10.3. We're humans, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So what are some of these spiritual weapons? I want to mention two today. One weapon is the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus In the New Testament, we read that the name of Jesus is in connection with salvation. Acts 4.12 Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mankind by which we must be saved. To Mary, the angel said, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Later to Joseph, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins, Matthew 1.20. The name Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew, Yeshua, which is a verbal derivative meaning deliverer or savior. The Hebrew Yeshua and the Greek Jesus mean Yah saves, or Yahweh The Lord is salvation. As recorded in the Proverbs, we read, The name of Yahweh is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are protected. Proverbs 18.10 Prayer 
in Jesus' name. The name of Jesus paves the way in effective prayer. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, John 14, 13, referring to the day of his glorification, which happened at his resurrection and ascension into heaven. Jesus said in John 16, 23, in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Healing and exorcism are also by this glorious name, Jesus. After the healing of the lame man at the gate beautiful at the temple, the apostle Peter told the crowds that gathered in Acts 3.16, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that's completely healed him as you can all see. Listen to the prayer of the first church in Jerusalem after Peter and John had been released from jail. Acts 4.29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. It's in remembrance of Jesus' promise that they lay hands on the sick and they will recover that we read the command written in James 5.14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, Jesus' name is not a mere slogan. It is not a magical formula. The name of a person in the Bible signifies a person's personality, their person's power, or their attributes. Now, this truth is powerfully demonstrated in the incident of the sons of Sceva recorded in Acts 19, verses 13 and following. Then some of the itinerant Jewish or exorcists attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I command you by the Jesus that Paul preaches. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. And the evil spirit answered them, I know Jesus, and I recognize Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they ran out of that house naked and wounded. We invoke the name of Jesus as his representatives. As we do so, Jesus, in his glorious presence, comes to minister, to fight, and to bring deliverance. There's no power in us. The power is in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we must be in union with him. This holy and blessed name of the incarnate Son is a powerful weapon to be used with reverence and faith by his followers in their spiritual battles. A second weapon is mentioned as a piece of the spiritual armor of believers, and it's found in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. Believers were told to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This spiritual weapon, this spiritual sword, is used both for defense and for offensive attacks on the enemy. Is this not the weapon that the Lord Jesus used in his wilderness temptations? With every enticement from Satan, Jesus responded, It is written, followed by an answering scripture in context. Now, it's true that the devil also came against him by quoting a verse of scripture, 
But the verse of scripture was quoted out of context, which Jesus immediately demonstrates by saying, it is written. God's word is alive and active. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's Hebrews 4.12. Paul exhorts us in all circumstances to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This sword of the Spirit is the saying of God from His written revelation applied to a particular place and time. The Holy Spirit, who calls the Word to be written, is the one who illuminates our minds and anoints a particular saying that can defeat the enemy at a point of attack or resistance. Under the anointing of the Spirit, the sayings of God strike home like arrows to the heart. Is this use of God's word, to which Martin Luther refers in his great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Listen to these lines. And let the prince of ill look grim as e'er he will. He arms us not a whit, for why? His doom is writ, a word shall quickly slay him. With these two great weapons of the name of the Lord, Yahweh, Jesus, and the word of God, we shall be victorious in spiritual battle. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. Until next time, remember your spiritual weapons and use them for defense and offense for the glory of God.